This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A bad storyline can totally derail a wrestler. Doesn't matter if you're a champion, doesn't matter if you're 6'2 and jacked. If you're told your best friend is now a flower pot, that's it. You're the flower pot guy forever. This has happened a lot over the years, not the flower pot bit, even to performers who by many are considered among the best ever and how the mighty fall. So I'm signed for what culture? Please do subscribe. This is 10 wrestling careers ruined by awful storylines. Number 10, Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko was one of the best technical wrestlers ever, and that's right, you heard me correctly, ever. He could go toe-to-toe with anyone and make everybody involved look tremendous, and it's why he didn't need a gimmick or to be fire on the microphone. That wasn't his strength. Just put him in the ring and let him wrestle. It's for this reason why many eyebrows were raised in 2000 when Malenko jumped ship to WWE because that wasn't really the Vince McMahon way. The chairman of the board felt everybody needed some sort of character, which is why when Dean was booked against the Godfather, we did anything but all the things I just talked about. In fact, after Malenko had been offered one of the hoes, excuse my language, he not only accepted, but it became a whole thing. Apparently the touch of a woman turned Dean into some sort of James Bond parody, right down to him trying it on with Lita. It soon fell further as they wrestled for the light heavyweight championship, and because Lita lost, she had to go on a date with Malenko, which is not a thing, and because none of it was enough, the Hardy Boys then beat up the former WCW man in a hotel room. Not only was this story rubbish, but it was just such a poor fit for Dean Malenko. We should have just let him take on fools every week, and sadly, about a year after this, he just quietly retired. Number 9, Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder needed something in 2011, and he found it on YouTube. The first wrestler to really take advantage of the platform to get himself over instead of waiting to be used on TV, it was an excellent plan because it worked. Within months, arenas were filled with fans chanting his name. This even resulted in a US championship win, and for a few weeks, we all truly thought this was going to be one of those brass rings story in full effect. <laughs> Not quite. As it turned out, WWE wasn't overly pleased that Ryder had done this, so they set him up for both a figurative and literal fall. Not only did his relationship with Eve Torres just end when John Cena started making out with her instead, but Kane threw Zack off the raw stage after he'd already beaten up so badly he was in a wheelchair. 
Sheesh. The final blow came low at WrestleMania 28. Eve smashed him right in the balls, because why give this guy anything? How dare he want to be more successful than he was? If you wanted to say he never really recovered after this, I think that would be somewhat fair. Number 8, Medusa. Alundra Blaze was the centerpiece of the WWE's women's division in the 90s. Vince McMahon was attempting to take it seriously for a few years there, but when 1995 rolled around and budget cuts had to be made, guess who was on that list? What followed was not only controversial, but considered one of the first shots in the Monday Night Wars. The renamed Medusa turned up on WCW with her WWE women's title and threw it right in the bin. The wrestling world went crazy. It sounds hilarious now because no one would give a hoot in 2021, but back then the World Wrestling Federation were furious. They essentially blacklisted her for 20 years before realizing that we'd all moved on and inducted her into the Hall of Fame. Medusa has admitted this was an error though and that she was pressed into it and that all the negative attention kind of derailed her career. There's a lesson there I suppose. Don't throw things in the trash unless it is in fact rubbish. Number seven, Hawk. I've never understand why WWE felt the need to do this and I never will. But if a wrestler was ever struggling in their personal life, for some reason someone backstage would decide it would make for good on-screen stories and it was just never true. So when Road Animal Hawk was struggling with substance abuse, as ever the decision was made to tie this into the narrative. Hawk asked for this not to happen, but that request was denied. So from nowhere, fans all of a sudden saw him portrayed as a stumbling drunk who couldn't put a sentence together. This behavior started to cost his team, so now we were meant to be fed up with Hawk, and the absolute rock bottom of this is when he climbed up the Titan Tron, and it was insinuated that he'd fallen off. Hell, WWE went as far as to say Droz pushed him. It got so bad the Legion of Doom quit the company, and who could blame them? And very sadly, Hawk passed away a couple of years later in 2003. None of this was good, however. The man should have been given help, not paraded around on television. Number six, Rikishi. He did it for The Rock. And here we are years later, and I still don't know why Rikishi ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin, or why it magically changed to Triple H later on. The whole thing was a bust. Oddly though, the intentions were good. Rikishi was getting such good reactions, management decided he was ready to be moved into a top spot. What he was doing wasn't good enough apparently, so we took all that, threw it out the window, and made him a bad, bad man. The real problem was that fans still wanted to cheer him, but were also being told not to cheer him. So they just went quiet instead. It didn't work, and by 2001, Rikishi was moved back down to the mid-card. And even though we did try and push him again as a good guy, we had done too much damage. And remember, a crowd never forgets. The worst part of all of this as well is that we never got any kind of prolonged Rikishi versus Stone Cold feud. And while that doesn't sound that great now, at the time, I would have been ready for it. But no, you're not allowed nice things. Number five, Perry Saturn. This one is easy. Perry Saturn fell in love with a mop. Yep, you heard that right. Now, it's hard to say that Saturn didn't deserve to be punished. All of this was off the back of him legitimately beating up enhancement talent Mike Bell during a nothing match. Bell had made some mistakes, and rather than lead him through it, Perry unloaded on the poor guy and left him a beaten mess. This is not wrestling. WWE threatened to fire him if he ever did it again, and also arranged this storyline. Saturn would see a mop, or moppy, resting backstage, and then decide that this inanimate object was the one for him. Somehow this would get a reaction from the fans, but it came to an unfortunate end when Raven took the thing and threw it in the wind chipper. R.I.P. Moppy. Saturn never got much after this and instead would turn up on Sunday Night Heat a lot, 
before he got released in 2002. I mean, what a strange ending this was. Number four, Diamond Dallas Page. A few things to note from DDP's WCW run. He was really popular, was pretty much a consistent babyface, and had an amazing story which would have gotten him over in any promotion anywhere. So WWE turned him into a stalker and told him to go after The Undertaker's wife. Of course! It was such a shame as Page was one of the few WCW talents willing to accept a buyer on his Ted Turner deal so he could jump ship during a period fans were desperate for the dream merger to happen. But this was so bad and so miscast, it didn't work. For starters, the angle felt silly, but also, DDP never got a damn thing. Taker and even his wife Sarah kicked the crap out of him as much as possible before they decided they were done, so they just moved on. It left Dallas feeling like just another guy way too soon, and by 2002, he was gone. That was stupid. This is DDP, though, so he's just gone from success to success, but still... Talk about not knowing what to do with a guy. Number three, Muhammad Hassan. Debuting in December 2004, Muhammad Hassan has to be considered one of the most controversial characters ever. While at first the persona was meant to be more nuanced, where he made it clear that Arabs were being unfairly stereotyped, soon WWE threw that out the window and instead just went with the stereotype. I swear they can't help themselves. What really went beyond the measures of good taste was a SmackDown angle in 2005. As Hussein feuded with The Undertaker, a group of masked men with garrot wire headed to the ring and essentially acted like terrorists. This was ill-advised anyway, but the fact that actual terror attack happened in the UK in the same week meant there was understandable uproar. Muhammad was written off TV as some sort of make-weight at the Great American Bash a few weeks later, and we never saw the man again. I mean, how could we? This had created such a stink and all the heat had gone on the guy behind it was just awful. Number two, Kane. Rather than one awful storyline, for some reason we took Kane and just chipped away at his armor for a few years. One of the best characters WWE had for a period, before long he was dating Tori, involved with Katie Vick, and electrocuting Shane McMahon's testicles. That was just the start of it too. We could also mention the fiasco with Lita and her pregnancy, and even dance with Santina Morella. That one wasn't so bad, I suppose. But it did underline the fact that the serial killer version of the Big Red Machine was done. Fair play to Glenn Jacobs, though, who did the best he could with all of these. And by the time we got to Corporate Kane, well, I did get a little bit of a kick out of it. I even bought the mug. But really, it was just so dumb and sticking with the terrifying direction as he debuted... Well, that probably would have been for the best. Number one, Steve Austin. Another controversial entry, it really depends on how you want to look at your wrestling. In terms of having fun, Stone Cold Steve Austin turning his back on the fans at WrestleMania 17 and becoming an absolute loon was great. It gave us so many tremendous moments, especially his relationship with Kurt Angle. You have never seen anything more stupid. Unfortunately, when you look at business numbers and engagement, as soon as the Rattlesnake had become the WWE's top bad guy, a significant portion of the audience just stopped watching. They had become fans due to Austin's beer swinging, boss-beating ways, and now he was going against all that? They were not interested. Even Stone Cold himself has said this was an error in hindsight, and if he could do it all again, he would have just dropped Vince McMahon with a stunner in the middle of the ring. He did not do that, however, and you can make the argument this was the end of the Attitude Era and the peak of Austin's run. That is the power of looking back, though, and again, I got to see the bionic redneck play a guitar really, really badly and put a silly hat on an Olympic gold medalist, and I will keep that for life. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.